Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm your co-host, Dallas Montague, and today we have an incredible, amazing, monumental episode today. It's our 100th episode, and that's something to celebrate about. The first episode was in May 2019, May 16th. It was a long time ago before COVID, before all these things changed in the world. And we have changed with the podcast. We have grown. We have shared a lot of things with our audience. And we've had a a ton of amazing guests come onto our show from tons of different avenues, Christian authors, Christian artists, Christian missionaries, pastors. I mean, you name it, it's here. We have such a great list of people who've been a part of our show, so many testimonies shared, and it's been an honor to be a part of this podcast. And today, for our 100th episode, I have the legendary Pastor Chris Busher online here. Chris, how are you today? Dallas, I am doing great. I'm a little bit tired, but I've had enough coffee to keep me going. Uh, We woke up early at at, uh, 3.30 to get on the road to take my wife on a surprise little getaway uh, for like an early Valentine's Day. So I'm not calling from the studio in Iowa. We're actually, you know, actually on the road right now. Say hello to, to Jessica. Jessica? Hello. Oi, Jessica. Tudo bom? Yes. <laughs> no more Portuguese, Dallas. <laughs> just English. Okay. Just Very English good. Today. And just for our listeners as well, Chris, you're expecting your third child. Is that correct? We are expecting our third child. And it's Jessica, a girl, right? Go ahead and tell us. Tell us. Uh, no, no. It's a boy. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> it's a man child. Okay. Jessica's going to tell you the name of our son. Hold on one second. His name is Judah Louise. Judah Louise. Judah wow. Louise, yeah. That's yep, amazing. We chose Judah, you know, for obvious biblical reasons. He, he was one of, one of my favorite people of the Bible and just the, the history of Judah itself as a nation. Uh, you know, and obviously Jesus coming from that tribe, uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah, just so many reasons for Judah. But Louise actually comes from her grandfather's name uh, to kind of honor him. He recently passed a, a, a couple months back. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. a way that his memory can forever live on in our family. It's amazing. And if I remember a few days ago, I told you the name Louise without knowing the second part. I just found out the second part. You know, I, I think I think you did. I think you did, Dallas, now that you mentioned it. Absolutely, when we were on the phone the other day. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, you, you got that word from, from God and uh, met, met him at the church, correct? Mm-hmm. Wow. Tell, tell us a little bit about that, because it's, it's a great story. So I have, I have not actually shared this testimony with our listeners yet, 
So I was at a church here in Brazil preaching with my wife as my translator. And um, before the service, before we even left home, I was praying for the service, for God to use us. And I felt him speak the word Luis to me. And I thought Luis, like a woman, but later God confirmed that it was a man, Luis. And I was like, all right, this is kind of crazy. Let's go to church and just find out what happens. And I told my wife on the way there and she's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, maybe let's let's see what happens. And on the drive, I see someone spray painted this name, Louise, on the side of the street. And it's Brazil. So, of course, that happens sometimes. And, yeah. <laughs> and so when we get to the church, we preach a message talking about abide in Jesus. If you need a miracle in your life, abide in Jesus. That's kind of the whole theme of the message is Jesus is a miracle worker. Through all the stories we talked about, Jesus was the answer. He's the one. And so I asked at the end of the service, if there's a man named Louise to come forward. And the church says, yes, there's a guy named Louise. And he comes up to the front and he's missing a hand. And a unique part about this testimony is because I said in part of the sermon, talking about the the persistent friends who brought their friend, the paralytic man to Jesus, where they took off the ceiling, right? And I said, Jesus forgave him of his sins because of the faith of his friends. And then I asked the church, would you rather have Jesus forgive you of your sins or heal you of your miracle or your disease? And that's kind of a heavy question. And this guy comes up with one hand, with one hand, and we get to pray with him for the church. And it was an awesome time. I didn't pray for his healing for his hand, but I knew there was something else going on in his life. So we prayed for that. At the end of service, a woman asks me and my wife, do you guys want to come eat dinner at my house? And I was like, I'm kind of hungry, you know, let's do it. <laughs> and we we take her in our car to her house. And when we get there, we find out her husband is the same Louise that we prayed for in the church. And not only if that's not enough, that woman then takes off her fake arm and serves us dinner because they both had a disability with their arms. So, super crazy testimony with that, how they met and all those things. But we got to pray for them and we got to speak with them and have dinner with them. And the whole reason why, I didn't share this with you, Chris, but the whole reason why this happened was not to heal their arms. I didn't grow their arms back. That's not what I did. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the purpose of it. But he spoke with us that he was like Thomas with Jesus, where I'm not going to believe unless I stick my finger in your hole, Jesus, unless I stick my finger in your hand, my finger in your side. And that's exactly what it was. And he said, I've been like this for a while. I've been upset. I've been angry. And I, I've been asking God to speak with me and I feel like he skips over me every single time. And when you called out to me and told me that Jesus is watching me and he's paying attention to me, it just changed everything inside. And I'm like, wow, that's it. That's why we're doing this. Amen. Thing. And so it Absolutely. was such an awesome testimony, such a great time. And so, yeah, that's that. Louise, that's why I named your child because of yeah. me. <laughs> I forgot all about what his <laughs> name was until you just mentioned it. That is that's hmm. another... That's another confirmation that we needed to name our kid this. Very cool. Judah Louise. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I hear you guys are going to have a few more, right? You want to have six. No, no. No, no. no we are done. <laughs> Actually, and this was this was not a child that we were planning on. Uh, but, you know, God, he does He does things, uh, you know, well, well in advance. And he prepares everything. And it always is just perfect in his timing. Uh, but yes, this is, this is our last child. We have a boy, Noah, Noah Thomas, and we have a daughter, Anna Claire, and now we have another son, Judah Louise. So it's, it's going to be good. A what a blessing. Perfect family. Yeah. 
Well, we are on our 100th episode, and so we have you here today, Chris, because first off, I just want to celebrate what we've accomplished so far, yeah. where we're going, just kind of summarize who we've had on our show, and then also, I want to talk about Brazil and our relationship through that, because yeah. it's so unique how we met, and the things you were doing in Brazil, and now the things that I'm able to do in Brazil as well, all, it's kind Absolutely. of working under the same umbrella, and so I do want to talk about that. So first. What do you have to say about the first 100 episodes? Well, when I when I first started this podcast, uh, you know, I didn't have a nice studio or anything like that. I had a little little shotgun mic type of thing, uh, and just this this huge burden uh, on my heart. Um, I was kind of in a place where, you know, I was coming from, you know, the, that what people call like the platform ministry, um, you know. So when I was in Brazil. Um, I was, you know, preaching and teaching, you know, two or three times a day, uh, just traveling and, and just doing, doing all of that over and over and over again. And you would see a lot of good things and you would see a lot of bad things, uh, both behind and in front of the pulpit. Uh, and just kind of at a place where everything that I was believing, uh, was, was being shaken. Never, never not, never my faith in Jesus, but, just what what is Christianity? What are the the elementary doctrines, if you will? Like where where should I put my focus? Um, and just seeing this overhyped charismatic movement that was just everywhere, and uh, just people were really just questioning, you know, who Jesus really is and who who he was when he was in this world, and what what is important with Christianity. And it was just you know just destroying me from the inside out. And uh, I got an idea that uh, I would start podcasting, and that's why the very first episode was The Insufficiency of Jesus. Um, and not that I thought that Jesus was insufficient, but I, I believed and I felt like there were so many people, and I still believe this today, that there are so many people out there who do not believe Jesus is sufficient enough, that they need Jesus and something else, Jesus and a miracle, Jesus and a sign, Jesus and a wonder, or you know, all of these different things. Uh, but when it all comes down to it, Jesus is more than sufficient. And that was kind of the theme and the, the burden that I had on, on me to, to do the podcast. And then as it grew, um, I remember I, I met you. Um, you were an intern at Teen Challenge, and I was just coming back uh, to work on staff to uh, kind of uh, pastor the body and uh, just work work with them because that's kind of a lifestyle that I came out of you know, 15 years ago, actually, a little bit more than 15 years ago. But and so we both had that same connection. And when when I first started talking to you and hearing your desires for the mission field, um, one thing that really stuck out to me about you was. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Do you need a practical guide to effectively help your child through a reading struggle? 12 Tips for Parents with Struggling Readers provides tips, practical strategies, and indicators of common reading problems for students. These can be implemented during homework, homeschooling, and supplemental activities. Susan Risha is a state-certified reading, special education, and elementary education teacher with 16 years of teaching experience in both traditional and alternative settings. Purchase 12 Tips for Parents with Struggling Readers on Amazon today. It Was You by Rod Sliwa, a story of war, friendship, and loss. 
An unexpected ending reveals what was in front of you the whole time. The story will take you to a different place and give you a glimpse of what it was like to grow up in times of war. Get your copy today on Amazon. One thing that really stuck out to me about you was I saw a lot of similarities uh, between when when I first started ministry and where you were then. And uh, one of the things that I really, really had a burden to do was to kind of almost kind of take you under my wing so that you would uh, not make the same mistakes that I made. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, like spending uh, all of this money going to a school that's not going to help you or, you know, partnering with uh, different pastors that'll take advantage of you because you're the, you know, the foreign missionary in their land and they want to try to make a quick buck off. You know, and we're talking about Brazil things. in this for our listeners. We're talking Bra- about yep. working Brazil in Brazil with that. different countries. Yeah. And uh, before you even went to Brazil, uh, after you and I started kind of getting together, you went to, uh, where, where'd you go? You went to Thailand? Mm-hmm. Thailand and, and Cambodia. In Cambodia. And what kind of things did you experience when you were there in ministry wise? That's a good question. Whenever I was doing that, um, I, my team was not what I expected, not saying that they were bad, but it's just, I feel like we had different expectations and different focus on what we wanted to accomplish through this. And so we did the type of ministry. We you did mean there. they wanted a, Chris, a Christian vacation? <laughs> More or less. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I already knew I was going to be living in Brazil after that. So I went with that mentality of, I need to prepare. I need to learn everything I can. And I feel like not everybody had that same idea. You know, and and that's not, yeah. you know, I can't expect everyone to have the same excitement about the gospel as I do. And that's something I've had to learn as well. Trying to come call other missionaries to come and join our team here in Brazil. Not everybody shares that same excitement and passion like we do to, you know, leave your life and come to a country that's not yours and you can't speak the same language. I mean, it's not easy. We've both done that. And, and it's, it's definitely worth the sacrifice now looking back for me almost two years and for you eight or nine years here in Brazil? Yeah. Yep. Spent, spent about eight or nine years down there. Uh, a total of, uh, of 10 or 11 years on, on foreign soil to do a missionary work before returning here to Team Challenge and mm-hmm. uh, pastoring a church here in the Des Moines area as well. Associate pastor doing the all of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff for our, for our pastor, who is just a, an incredible man. Uh, just the, where I'm working today and doing ministry full time, my, my focus here, it's just, it's been a huge blessing, uh, for my family to, to be able to come back and be, to be able to be counted worthy to serve. Uh, because here's, here's the idea with where I really love is it's kind of like a, like a, like a training ground. You and I, we both came from, from the same arena where we're getting men that come out of these different types of, uh, life controlling addictions and they find Jesus and they, they don't want their old life anymore. They want something new. And we get the amazing opportunity just to minister to them and uh, help guide them on their path to go do great things for Jesus. So I know yeah. I know you love it just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just getting started here. I mean, I know I said I'm almost here for two years and I haven't even scratched the surface of what I want to be a part of here. And I really see this being a long-term thing. I don't feel like Absolutely. I'm supposed to leave anytime soon. Absolutely. 
why don't you tell kind of our listeners a little bit about uh, what it took for you to be able to actually get down to Brazil, uh, what your expectations were when you were getting there, and then what reality actually was. Mm-hmm. So Brazil is mainly Catholicism. They're huge in Catholic religion. And so I came with that idea, but I, okay, so I came out of a drug addiction. You know, I lived in the world a while and I thought my life was bad. And then I met Jesus and my life was transformed. And then when I came to Brazil, my bad is their normal. That's reality. You know, I grew up in a good home with good parents. You know, I, I made some mistakes in my life, but these people grew up in the favela. They grew up in in everything, in drug territory. I mean, their life is and so much worse. For our worse. listeners that don't know what a favela is, do you want to kind of explain that for them? Basically, a favela is a low income, not a neighborhood, but basically a small city where houses are on top of houses, on top of houses, on top of houses, on top of houses. It's yeah. unlike anything I've ever seen in my entire life. Sometimes it's, not even running water. Yeah. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just horrible circumstances to live and these people grow up there and that's their reality and i think my life was bad my life is nothing compared to their life and so you have to take a different approach of ministry you can't just share your testimony and expect someone to change their life no that's their reality and it means nothing so you have to kind of take a different avenue and and really just present the gospel to them instead of through your testimony if that makes sense where there's cases where you can share your testimony and it really impacts someone or a time when you need to really just let the spirit lead and share something completely different to reach those people. And my expectations were, I knew I didn't speak Portuguese when I came and I did not come with a team. I came with, with a lot of mentorship help, but I didn't come with a team and I knew it would be difficult, but it was harder than I expected. Honestly, to be here by myself in solitude without someone I could even speak English to was very, very difficult. Thousands of miles away from your home. Thousands of miles, yeah. And so going to Asia, I couldn't speak Thai or Khmer when I was there in Asia, but I survived. And so I was like, hey, I can do this here too. And the other thing is I had people around me there who spoke English. And so thank God I met my wife and she speaks English. And that changed the entire dynamic of my life, my ministry, my focus, everything. And, and now you, you, you didn't go to Brazil as a married man. Want, no. You want to kind of tell our listeners what happened there? Well, that's an interesting story too. Um, God is very, very good, very faithful. And I've been praying for an amazing wife for a long time. And Brazilian wives are the best, aren't they? Brazilian wives are the best. I mean, I can't <laughs> even compare. It's I've never had another wife, but well, man, course, it's yeah. so good. It's so good. And here's a cool we story. We are both very blessed in that. We are blessed. And actually, I think to, on our next episode, it's going to be our wives talking together. Absolutely. Right? 101, Absolutely. the Brazilian wives taking it on. But um, my wife went through seminary. She's a She went to theology school for four years. And I always wanted someone who knew the word, who knew things, and I didn't have to teach them all the things. And she's teaching me things, and I'm so thankful. And of course, we know the dynamic of the house, the woman is the helper. The husband is supposed to lead the house. And that's our dynamic, of course. But there's so many things that I learned from her, things that she learns from me. And I'm so grateful that God took her through seminary to teach her and to strengthen her through these things that that she knows. So it's it's a huge blessing for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And Chris, I would like for you to add, to talk with our listeners a little bit about what are some of the things that you did here in Brazil? So when I went down to Brazil for the first time, uh, I went down there actually kind of kind of like you would, but uh, with I went with YWAM, kind of like where you went with in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I had a team, and uh, you know, honestly, uh, the very first time I went to Brazil, um, <laughs> I know I'm going to regret saying this later, but I didn't I didn't care for it. I didn't like it. Uh, I was up in uh, in a in a in a town in the jungle called Tapatenga, uh, which is right on the border uh, between uh, Leticia, Colombia, and uh, I spent a couple weeks in that town um, before we moved on to Colombia and Peru. Um, but I didn't much care for it, and it wasn't something that I wanted to uh, return to. Um, I was glad and grateful that I was there when I was there, but yeah, I hadn't zero zero desire i can't i can't express how little desire i had to ever return there hmm. and uh when god called me to uh to go to bible college and then start my own ministry um you know i had absolutely nothing i was i at that point i sold everything i had um to basically live out of my car and preach the gospel uh, i took a very radical approach and i think i talked about that in a few uh previous episodes mm-hmm. with more detail but then I went to this church, um, first time as I uh, moved to the city of Springfield, Missouri, and uh, went to this church. I don't even really remember the name of the church, but um, the first person that I met there was another visitor, and uh, he was a Brazilian man as well. And uh, he, him and I, we just started talking together um, because we, you know, had similar mission experience in the past. And uh, he's like, you know what? You know, after a few times of getting together, he's like, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you come with me to Brazil? Spend a couple months down there. We'll, we'll do some preaching, some teaching, and we'll spend some time, you know, praying and seeing where God's going to lead us next. And so we kind of entered this partnership together, and uh, that partnership uh, took us all over Brazil, preaching in very large events and small churches and, and countryside and uh, places that I've never even dreamed possible. And then, you know, Pakistan and Kenya and various other countries, and then. I came back uh, to the States because I was going in and out of different places and uh, decided that I was going to go back to Brazil to, to preach again. And uh, it was there that uh, I met my wife, uh, Jessica, and kind of through some mutual friends uh, when I was living in the north part of Brazil. And we uh, we hit it off right away. And uh, I think it was about six months later, uh, I made the decision to leave the United States for good and uh, move down to Brazil to, to marry my bride. And, uh, you know, the rest was history. It was extremely humble beginnings, uh, living in, uh, you know, the favela for part of it and, uh, you know, just being really dirt poor. Um, I remember, I remember our very first, uh, one year wedding anniversary. Um, we had, we had no money and we used everything we had, you know, to do ministry and stuff. But to give you an idea of how difficult it was, uh, the best that I could do for my bride for our one year wedding anniversary, uh, was to take her to this, uh, this fast food store inside the mall. And, uh, and then she, uh, she bought a little $5 shirt. And I just remember the whole time, like she wanted to look beautiful. Uh, you know, she is beautiful, but she wanted to look extra special for that, for that day. And I just remember the whole time, just, I was so upset about this $5 shirt that hmm. she bought. Because I could have used it for rent money. Just, just how, you know, we were really, really dirt poor, uh, just doing everything we could to preach the gospel. Uh, and it was like that for, for a few years. Um, we would 
preach and preach and preach and preach and travel. And it was a very hard, very hard time. In fact, uh, this little getaway that I'm doing with my wife tonight, today that we're driving for, uh, we were just talking and this is the, the second time that Jessica and I have ever really gotten to go away together. And the first time was when, uh, when she was pregnant with Noah. Hmm. <laughs> you know? wow. so, and now she's pregnant with, with Judah. So, I mean, we, we, we've been, we've sacrificed a lot, um, you know, to, to get where we're at today. And, you know, God is, God's still faithful and he's, he's doing incredible things. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll never, we'll never be rich and, you know, we'll never have a whole heck of a lot of money, but, you know, we, we do what we can to, to provide a good life for our kids, a good future and make sure that they know, uh, who's most important and that's Jesus. And we try to have our lifestyle reflect that every day that we can. That's amazing. I don't want to stop you. I just want you to keep talking. <laughs> well, let's, let's, let's talk uh, a little bit, a little bit more with that. Uh, you know, while we were in Brazil, towards the end, um, this is kind of, kind of put together the pieces here for, for the listeners. Um, towards the end, we, uh, we started teaching English uh, because, you know, I needed to start providing for my son. Uh, I didn't want to put him into a difficult situation that my wife and I were willing to do for the gospel if there was something that more that we could do. So we started teaching English to kind of supplement our income, and it got us connected with, with the Assemblies of God Church down in Brazil, um, got opened up a lot of doors, and, you know, God, God really just started blessing us. And for the first time ever, uh, we started to have a legitimate income. Uh, and you know, that, that one small classroom that we had in the back of a church in, in Bateri, uh, San Paulo, uh, that grew into like four or five different, uh, locations and franchise locations, uh, within about a year and a half. And, uh, it blessed us to the point where we are able to buy a small piece of land, um, that, uh, which where you, <laughs> where you live now, mm-hmm. uh, and to use that for ministry purposes, um, and then, you know, when everything seemed like it was going really good, like we were finally starting to have some money to put away. We were, you know, doing great things, preaching and all of these things, uh, being able to be a blessing to a lot of people. Our family was, was growing by another number. We were having little Anna at that time. Uh, I got really sick and I didn't know what was happening. Uh, it was, it was, it, it turned out to be, uh, pneumonia, but, uh, I had this kidney infection problem with it. And I was, as I was driving to work one day, you know, my back just basically gave out. It's like my kidneys just were shutting down on me. And I had to, you know, kind of do a crash pullover in the car and uh, use Surrey to, to call my wife so that she could come get me to get me to the hospital. Because, you know, I'm sure as you figured out in Brazil already, ambulances uh, wow. are not, are not the way to go. I remember I got electrocuted one time down there fixing up the houses and it took a good 45 minutes of laying on the ground before the ambulance even got there so you know this was the best course but you know i spent eight days in that hospital bed and uh basically alone my wife she was really pregnant at the time and she didn't drive and so she would you know take an uber every other day or so to see me but it gave me a lot of time sitting alone all isolated without tv or anything like that and doing a lot of reflecting and just relaxing while the doctors were trying to figure out what was all going on with me. And uh, one face just kept popping up in my head. Uh, and it was the face of, of the director of ministry that I work at now. And uh, I didn't much care for him when I was a student there. 
and you know had no desire to ever really return but i just kept seeing his face and getting this burden to serve him uh to 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 give my life and to serve him and so i was praying and saying you know god this is not what i want to do yada 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 i mean i was fighting this and uh when it became really clear that this is where i was being called uh to leave everything that i've built behind and, and go serve this man um I thought that, you know, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that little test for God, you know, uh, police it out type of thing. And so I, I came up to my wife and I'm like, listen, I, I feel like I, I want to go do this, uh, in the United States. And I just paint this horrible picture. Like it's going to be super difficult. We're not going to have any money again and blah, 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 blah. And I just, I try to make it the worst possible scenario for her just to get her to be, you know, say no. That way I have an out to not follow this. <laughs> And, uh, it's great how we do stuff like out that. Of her mouth, I know, right? I'm still a work in progress, Alex. <laughs> but her first words out of her mouth were, "Yes, let's do it." And so I, I called up, called up my my now new boss and uh, let him know. And uh, within three months, uh, we sold almost everything that we had except except for that farm, and uh, you know moved up to the states uh, to to go follow uh, the, the path that God was putting before us. And uh, it gave it, it was really good that we weren't able to sell the farm because now we get to use it for ministry purposes. And um, we can kind of transition into kind of talking about that because that's where you're at right now. And that's where our, our second studio is kind of kind of tell us about like how that farm is, you know, being used for the ministry. So Chris mentioned earlier that he was living in the favela before he moved to some other locations. And that was my story, too. I lived with a family for a while, and then I moved, when I got married, to the favela, a place called Catapucuiba, if you know anything about Brazil. <laughs> Catapucuiba. Catapucuiba. I love you guys if you're listening from thing. Catapucuiba. <laughs> Funny story. Every time I would go to a church and to preach or to do ministry, my wife and I would say, oh, we live in Catapucuiba, and people would just kind of turn their noses up. And I'm like, what are these people doing? I don't understand. <laughs> and then I understood the reputation that Catapucuibanos have. And yeah, it was a, a great time to live there. So after, uh, during COVID, we had some difficulties, of course, like many, many people, and we lost that house. We weren't able to continue to pay for that house. And so we had to move and we were kind of up in the air, like, I don't know what to do. We don't have money to pay. And I contacted you and you're like, go live at the farm. And I'm like, there's so many sacrifices we'd have to make. We don't even have a car. It's so far away. Like, I don't think it's possible. And God provided everything. And we moved out here. We bought the cheapest car we could find, a little hoopty. And actually, it has a problem right now. I have to take it to the mechanic in about 10 minutes after our call. Oh, what, what, what's going on with the little hoopty? I don't know. I think the heat shield is loose or a timing oh. belt or something. I don't know, but... We're going to go try to figure that out. And so we moved here to the farm almost four months ago, and it has been a huge blessing. We thought we would be isolated. There would be no one around if emergencies happen. We thought we had no idea what to expect, and it's been everything and more. My wife has been able to plant some things to have our own food here, some potatoes and strawberries and passion fruit, and um, she could tell you all the rest tomorrow on our other episode. And... We just built a little chicken fence area. We're going to raise some chickens and have some of our own eggs and have our own chickens. So, I mean, it's being a huge blessing and you're, for you're that. You're sharing all things. that stuff in these little videos mm -hmm. that you're making. Yes. What's I that? Am. What's that series called? Light in the it's jungle. It's called the Light of the Jungle. Yeah. The Light of yep. the Jungle. It's, 
I've really enjoyed uh, showing some of my students here this. Uh, if any of our listeners have not been watching this, I think you have like seven, is it seven different episodes on that so far? Uh, tomorrow will be 10. Tomorrow will be 10? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to watch it, but you do an excellent job just showing uh, the different projects that you're doing and kind of putting a visual uh, to to what everything looks like and uh, the people's names and stuff. Uh, I've I've enjoyed that. Sorry to interrupt you on that, but no, I just no. want our listeners to get the opportunity mm-hmm. to to watch that because you know it's it's a quick ten minute little weekly update where it's not just someone talking to a microphone or talking to the camera. He's, he's taking his camera around uh, through the jungle and through the small cities and the small uh, villages and and doing ministry. Uh, it just it's incredible seeing all the things you're doing there. Mm-hmm. And interesting, you mentioned that because we didn't know why we were here. We really prayed about it. God, why are we here? And he said, I want to teach you how to be sons and daughters of me. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. I feel like I know what that means, but what does it mean? And so when we came here, we didn't really know what to expect. And now we got connected with a church here, a local church here in Jukachiba. And they we had a meeting with that pastor a few days ago. There's so many op- opportunities opening here. He wants us to start a missions team with the church he said, write it out on paper. Tell me what you need. We're going to make it happen. And so we're pumped about that. That's happening right now. And we also found out that this city has more witchcraft, more fortune teller people than even Christians. And so for us missionaries, yeah. that's a huge, huge burden. I mean, they're sharing more about their their lies and their deceit and all of those than more than the Christians are. And so that's so clear for us why we're in this city, in this house. Yeah. With this location. Macumba. And so Macumbas, Macumbedas. And so we are, yep. we're really in the process right now of creating that missions team and working with the local churches to combat this problem. So, yeah, we do share that in our videos that we release every week. Awesome. Yeah. So what type of things are you doing right now in, uh, in Brazil for, for ministry-wise uh, that you can kind of share with our listeners? Mm-hmm. So COVID has still is still in the in the arena right now, and so things are not yeah. as open as we like them to be. And if you guys have seen the statistics, Brazil is horrible with COVID. People are still getting, oh, yeah. still dying. I've been hearing today. about what's been going on in Manaus. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just a difficult, difficult situation in Brazil. And so a lot of things are still closed, but we've had the opportunity to preach the last six to eight weeks every single week in different churches in Sao Paulo. So that's been amazing because it was shut down for many months. And we've also been doing, we've taken on our own project, my wife and I, to do ministry in this city. We really want to focus on this city. And we've had some awesome testimonies that we've shared, people we've met, that a lot of the running theme is that they want to have a different life. They want to wake up. And that's awesome. It fits with my testimony perfectly. So we get to share the gospel with them and working with these churches in the local community to build a missions team. So those are our local projects right now that we're working on. We don't know what 2021 will bring. How do you finance these, these different projects that you're doing? Because, you know, obviously all these great things you've been doing and are wanting to continue doing, uh, how are you financing these? You know, because yeah. money doesn't grow on trees. Everything else grows on well, here in Brazil. Beautiful here in Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> but not <Right>. money. <laughs> no, I tried. We don't have a money tree uh, on this property. But um, yeah, we, through that school you're talking about, that's one way that we finance. Just like you were living to meet your ends, that's what we're doing as yeah. well. Being so a tent we are, maker, like, like 
like mm-hmm. impossible. Right. So we're teaching classes online at home. And because of COVID, we're not able to go to those companies. We're not able to go to the main city right now. And so everything is yeah. working online, which is a huge blessing because my little hoopty, I don't know if she'd make it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good with that. And we also, we don't, haven't received a lot of funding in the last, you know, year, but we are yeah. not against that at all. We are doing the tent making, yeah. but we also want to give the opportunity to people to give if they want to. And so, yeah, right now, most of our projects are funded by ourselves, by us. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, one of the biggest ways, uh, that, that, uh, people are being able to help with this, uh, these ministry projects and stuff is actually this podcast. Uh, kind of one thing that we talked about was, um, how this podcast started out with that purpose about talking about how Jesus is sufficient for everything. Um, one, one of the things that's been happening with this is all of the proceeds that have been coming in, uh, from this podcast. Uh, we've been using uh, to do these ministry projects to, to to pour into Brazil what we've been trying to do. And you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is something we just started. I mean, we transitioned to that a few months ago, right? And yeah. so it's it's yep. new saying it even. But this podcast that all you all of our guests are a part of, every listener that listens, all these things are going toward the mission here on the ground. And it's going toward those, those projects that we're trying to accomplish. We're working on trying to get some more missionaries on our property here to work with the team and to go and to do evangelism, to go and to preach in these different churches. And this podcast is helping with that. And so it's been so great. We've had, we have a hundred episodes now. And so all the guests that we've had, they're helping. They make a, they make a small contribution. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Exactly. To to kind of get on the show, it's kind of a, small donation towards the project nothing nothing huge but each little thing even if it's you know five or ten bucks it's a huge thing to be able to help not only pay for what the podcast costs but also paying for the different projects that we're doing down there in brazil mm-hmm. so every every guest that, that all of our listeners have been hearing these are people that have been pouring in and investing into the projects that lay me down ministries been doing in brazil through faith and family fellowship it's, it's, it's been incredible. It is. And it's crazy that people continue to want to be a part of it. I don't have to twist anyone's arm. I don't have to convince them or manipulate anyone. They want to serve. They want to help yeah. us. They want to to bless what we're doing here. And it's so humbling, you know. Now, if, if, if one of our listeners right now are wanting to kind of get on the show, maybe they're, maybe they're an author, maybe they have a ministry, maybe they have a church, uh, maybe they have a YouTube channel or some type of thing where they kind of want to kind of get their message out in front of an audience. You know, well, probably what would be best is getting on Facebook, uh, con- finding me directly, Chris Busher, uh, or Dallas Montague, or, you know, heck, even getting on our, our uh, Faith and Family Fellowship podcast Facebook page and just sending a message or uh, Lay Me Down Ministry. All of those different avenues is going to get you to the same group of people answering those messages that can put you in direct contact with this podcast show. That's excellent. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I do want to ask one more question before we end this, because it's been, we've talked about so many things. What is your greatest testimony from Brazil? You know, my greatest testimony from Brazil um, would probably be the way that, that my, that my son was born. Um, And, you know, 
I can think of hundreds of different testimonies where God just completely showed up. But this was one that just, it really just reminded me about how he's being a miracle working God. Uh, even today in 2021, he's still that miracle working God. Um, uh, kind of, kind of the way that, uh, that you got a word, um, about Louise. This is kind of a similar thing. Um, when, when, like I said, when I first got down to Brazil, we were so poor, uh, just working so hard, doing everything to build, uh, the kingdom down here, preaching, teaching and building lay me down ministry. And this was even before, you know, our English school. And, uh, I got a message from someone on Facebook. Uh, who told me that they had a prophetic word for me. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm the very first person that will tell you that there are a lot of people out there that do not prophesy, they prophesy. lie. Uh, and so I was kind of, kind of, you know, annoyed that someone was doing this. But uh, this person, I don't even remember the person's name. They said, hey, you know, your wife is very sick right now. Uh, and you guys have been trying to have a child and you can't. And instantly when he started talking about that, it kind of got my attention because for the past few days, my wife was laying in bed sick, and I thought maybe, you know, she had like a fever or something. I, I wasn't being, you know, the best husband at the time, you know, because I was so focused on working instead of attending to her needs. Uh, but he got my attention with that, and he said, you know, I'm trying to have a kid. Your wife is very sick right now, and I want you to know that what's happening in her body right now is not a sickness caused to damage her, but it's healing her. And that your wife is becoming pregnant. And it, it kind of looked at, I just kind of looked at this computer screen and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll put this one up on the shelf. You know, you got my attention with my wife being sick and all, but you know, I'm not going to be one of those people that just dive in head first to everyone's prophetic word. And believe it or not, a couple days later, while I was in that same little office, and when I say office, it's like a small closet, uh, which is my laptop. And she came up to me with a, with a pregnancy test and showed me it, that, that we were pregnant with a kid. And my first thoughts were, oh, my Lord, I, I, I can't believe it. First of all, is this pregnancy test, is it legitimate? Uh, is my wife going to be okay? And then the next thoughts were, how am I going to pay for this kid? You know, mm-hmm. just a, a flood of emotions. And then when everything kind of settled, I remembered this person that sent me that message and I was just floored again about how every single time God not only provides but he also shows us the best possible way that he's going to make the miracle happen and he and he did he 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 continues to do it and I know he's going to continue to do it even with this child now uh you know Judah Louise I'm I'm filled with all types of emotions about him uh but I know I know that God has ordained this and that he's, he's, he's put all the pieces together. And I just have to sit back and say, you know what, Lord, you got this. I'll, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll work where you show me to work. I'll, I'll do this, 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 and this. But at the end of the day, it's you, Lord. You know, and that's just kind of the pattern of the Christian lifestyle. And if you guys want to listen to that entire episode, that's the fifth episode of Faith and Family Fellowship. It's titled My Father's Hands, Becoming a Husband and Father. And my wife and oh, I just yeah, I listened to that. this episode a few days ago, actually, in the car. When are, when are you guys going to ha- start having your kids, huh? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let me go ahead and speak this one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Are you prophesying right now? Come on. No, sure. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, I think we have two weeks until our one-year anniversary. 
We've been married for one wow. year here in a few weeks, and that's pretty exciting. Um, we've talked about having children one day. We don't know when that day will be, but it will happen one day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a blessing to be a parent. It uh, is. Enjoy your time that. right now, you know, being a, a young young couple, young married couple. Enjoy it. Uh, because even as we were starting this trip, uh, my wife and I, we were talking about how weird and yet good it is having a quiet car as we're taking this trip. <laughs> we miss well, our kids dearly, but this is, you know, one of those very first times where it's just her and I. Back to the good old days, right? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. You guys heard it, our 100th episode. This is something to celebrate about. And if you guys have not listened to our other podcasts, I mean, we have 100 other podcasts, 99 99 other podcasts to listen to. I mean, there's so much good stuff to listen to out there. So check it out. If you haven't subscribed, hit the little bell so it notifies you when we post another episode. I believe I'm posting, yeah, our... our next episode is our wives, right? Yeah, 101. 101. Absolutely, starting it off wow. right. All right. Hey, well, Dallas, do you mind if I if I if I pray to end this out? I was going to ask you. Go ahead. See, you know, this is kind of why we're we're ministry partners. We think alike. Let's go ahead and pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we just thank you for uh, the gift that you've given us, and we thank you for the last 100 episodes. Uh, I never thought that this would be possible. I never thought that we were going in this direction, but but God, you did. And I know, and I know, and I know that these next episodes coming, that you're going to be in those, that you're going to be speaking to our listeners, and that this this podcast show is going to remain for your glory, and that it's going to continue to increase its audience into new countries that we couldn't even get to on foot. Father, we just thank you for Dallas. We thank you for his wife. Uh, We thank you for the work that they are doing down in Brazil. And we are asking, Lord, that you continue to press on people's hearts to partner with them, to to send them messages of encouragement, uh, to financially partner with them as well, and just to continue to open up more and more doors so that they can shine light even when they're surrounded by all of that witchcraft. Father, we just thank you and we love you. We ask all this in the name above all names the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.